I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. This is Religion Today with Martin Tanner. A weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. Independence Day is right around the corner, and that involves the concept of freedom. And so freedom, the idea of God's foreknowledge, The statement that Jesus made about knowing the truth will make you free, which implies freedom, and some of the great events throughout history, and the foreknowledge of God are all things that I wanted to touch on today. Before I do, however, I wanted to invite everyone who has interest in near-death experiences, people who have had a glimpse of, of the other side, to consider attending the International Association for Near-Death Studies annual convention or conference, which happens in Salt Lake City on September 1st through the 4th. That's a Thursday through a Sunday. If you go to iands.org, iands.org, you can sign up. There's an early bird discount, especially for those in the Intermountain area, but it can be used by anybody. You can sign up for one day, for one speaker, for several days for the whole conference. I'll be speaking. Professor Daniel Peterson will be speaking. Uh, Dr. Melvin Morse, Mary Neal, MD, many, many people will be speaking. Jeff Olson. Uh, Dr. Jeff O'Driscoll, and many others. It's going to be really, really quite wonderful. One of the things that near-death experiences teach us is that God does indeed know the future. I know this because I've interviewed a number of people who said in their near-death experience they've been concerned about the future. They asked about the future, and so the future has been shown to them. One of those was Elaine Durham, who was a good friend who who passed away uh, just a little over a year ago. But I could give other examples. Dr. George Ritchie saw much of the future. I know a woman who had near-death experience who was afraid to say much about it to her family because in it she saw that her son would die in a car accident years into the future. I've asked 
those people if the future was immutable or if it could change. And in every single case, the people said that what was shown to them was how the future would be unless decisions were made to change things. In other words, the future is changeable. The future is subject to our free will. So for today's show, what I want to do is talk about the implications of that, because we often talk about how God is in charge of everything, which would imply we have no freedom, and God controls everything, because if he controls everything, then we have no free will. If he doesn't control everything because we can choose some things, then God does not decide everything. More about that in a bit. Let's talk about what's happened in the past and how that has gone according to, I believe, God's plans and how that fits in with Independence Day, the 4th of July, and free will. There are some amazing instances in the history of the world that just change the trajectory of its future. One of those might be Columbus' discovery for Europe of the New World. Now, Columbus is under attack in many fronts now because somehow he's this horrible guy. Think of the alternatives. What if Columbus had never discovered the New World? Uh, What instead if China had come across the Pacific Ocean or Japan and taken over the New World? Would that have been a better trajectory? I certainly think not. Those who have been affected by China and the rise of communism would certainly not think that was true. As a result, my view of Columbus is that, as he says in his journals, he was indeed inspired by God to find the new world. Now, there are many who see and claim Columbus as a destroyer of Native Americans. The problem with that idea is that Columbus actually never reached the North American continent. He landed in the Caribbean and on the eastern coast of Central America. So any destruction that happened, happened later, and I would contend that most of it was inadvertent. In other words, there was, there was no deliberate smallpox uh, passing on to Native Americans, and although certainly they were not always treated well, in the long run— Freedom has been out there for everyone, and many of the Native Americans who would have been killed by other tribes have indeed had the opportunity to participate in freedoms in this country. Another example of that would be African Americans, wherever they may have come from. The United States somehow gets the rap for slavery, which has always been a mystery to me since it's existed in almost all of world history. No one in Europe or the United States invented slavery, but the United States in the Civil War ended it in a major way. There were statutes in England that ended slavery slightly before the end of the Civil War. 
but Western civilization brought an end to slavery. And indeed, the whole idea of freedom for all, no matter what your race, religion, ethnicity, is an idea of Western thought and Christianity. Another main trajectory that has been incredible for the history of the world for its future is the rise of Western science. Columbus, of course, sailed for the New World in 1492. Leonardo da Vinci was born 40 years earlier in 1452. He was 40 years old when Columbus sailed for America, and he sort of epitomizes the wonderful new scientific mind that flourished in Europe as a result of freedom and Christianity. You say freedom based on Christianity? Yes, because the God of Christianity was not a God of whim. The God of Christianity was a logical, loving, kind Father in heaven. And if he had created things, he had created things according to laws. And therefore, science looked at the way the world was put together, the way biology, science, sciences of all kinds, statistics, mathematics, physics, chemistry, astronomy, geology. I mentioned biology already, but even the social sciences and technologies, those were all possible because the of an underlying concept, which is that God created things with laws, not just with women, by exploring and discovering and deciphering, we could understand the way God did things. And we could use these natural laws to our good and for our advantage. If we had not had this idea brought about by Christianity and to some degree by Judaism before it, we would not have the freedoms that we find today. All right, when we come back, more about freedom, Independence Day, and about how does that fit in with God's foreknowledge, and how does it fit in with the idea of God's omnipotence and the idea that we somehow still have free will. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. We'll be right back after this. Religion Today with Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We're back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Our subject is God's foreknowledge and freedoms that we have and how they were in a large part inspired by Western thought, Western Christianity, and the Judeo Christian ethic and understanding of God. Before we jump right back into that, if you have a question or comment about this show or any other religious question, feel free to send me an email. Send it to martinstanner at gmail.com. I'll be happy to respond. martinstanner at gmail.com. And I'm going to announce one more time that if you're interested in hearing about 
the next life, not just this one, but the next life in the conference that will be held in Salt Lake City over Labor Day weekend, September 1, 2, 3, and 4 at the Salt Lake City Hilton. I would invite you to go to the website, ions.org, I-A-N-D-S dot O-R-G. If you have interest, do it before before July 19th. If you do that, you'll get an early bird discount, which is very significant. It will be a wonderful conference. There are some great near-death experiences that we shared by people who have actually been for a short period of time on the other side. I'll be talking about the history of near-death experiences in the Latter-day Saint faith, and indeed there are many, many, many of those, including a conference address, a general conference address that was given by a prominent Latter-day Saint at the time, almost 100 years ago now, many, many others. I hope you'll enjoy it. If you have questions about the conference, you can also be in touch with me, martinstenner at gmail.com. All right, back to our topic for today. Independence Day is right around the corner. If you have free will, then by definition, God has not absolutely decided everything. How can that be? How can that work? Well, there are many wonderful things that have happened because of God's influence on us. And I believe one of the key points here is that we have freedom to choose to be influenced by God in a positive way. Because if we believe that God is rational, which we do, and that he is benevolent, which we believe, and that he is kind and good, which we believe, then we would also acknowledge, understand, and believe that if we listen for answers to prayers or for his influence upon us and choose, use our free will to follow God's inspiration and his desires, then we will align ourselves with him. And over the short run and the long run, we will do things and things will occur the way God desires. Examples of that, the United States overcoming our early war in England and that giving us additional freedoms, overcoming slavery through the Civil War. In World War II, helping the world overcoming Nazi Germany and the Japanese Empire, if those things had not happened, we would have had a very different world in a world with far, far less freedom. And since then, in addition to overcoming Germany and Europe and Japan in the East, we also have the United States intervening in Korea. If we had not done that, Korea would have been overrun by China. All of those who drive Hyundais and Kias and have many, many other great uh, products from Korea. You wouldn't have those. Those just would, would not be available. These things are influenced by the United States, which, contrary to popular belief, doesn't do nation building. We don't take over other countries. We help other countries and then withdraw. We helped rebuild Japan, and then we left. We rebuilt Europe, and then we left. These are all great acts of freedom. Even in the Middle East, we have stood up, in most cases, to tyranny and bad influences, and we have helped people 
have at least the opportunity for free will. So does God control the future or does he just have knowledge of it? If he doesn't control it, how would he have complete knowledge? This is a fascinating question. Jesus made this wonderful comment you can find at John chapter 8, verse 32. Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That implies that freedom is something you have if you can learn the truth. So what is freedom? It's, it's literally the ability to have choices. Stated another way, it's the ability to decide your own destiny. If everything was truly decided for you, not by you, you would not have freedom. And that's what we have in other systems of government. We have totalitarian communism and socialistic systems where freedom, to a large degree, is lost. But in the religious context, somehow God foresees the future, but does not cause it all. If God caused every single thing and we cause nothing, in other words, decide nothing, then we would not have freedom either. God somehow foresees and knows the future, but doesn't cause it, according to James, James Talmadge. Divine foreknowledge is this conditional bestowal of a role or a responsibility. God foresees, but does not fix the outcome, according to Elder Neal A. Maxwell. Modern scripture does talk about God's foreknowledge. DNC 38 verse 2 says, All things are present before mine eyes. We have this idea that God has a fullness of truth and, quote, knowledge of things as they are and as they were and as they are to come, close quote, according to DNC 93.24. And yet, somehow, humans have the ability to make choices. Well, how does this all work? There have been three different ways. To explain this, one is the Protestant John Calvin, Calvin's approach, which was that God controls everything. Free will is truly an illusion. God absolutely, positively does everything. Another way, and this is the typical way that Latter-day Saints view it, is that God's foreknowledge is absolute and complete. He knows every single thing. Somehow, that's still compatible with free will. There's a third approach, which is one that a number of Latter-day Saints have, or at least some Latter-day Saints and some other Christians, which is that God's foreknowledge is complete to the extent it's available. Maybe according to economics, we might describe this as God knows everything on a macro scale, a little bit like when you enter that corn maze around Halloween, it is known that you will indeed get out the other side, but exactly where you will go in between the entrance and the exit, every single detail may not be known either by you or anyone else. Um, maybe that's not such a great analogy, but the point is that God, according to this third option, knows as much as can be known. And as soon as we do things or make choices we have set more in stone, and God can then further influence and make those influences known and direct the future in a macro sense. 
it's a little bit like statistics. Statisticians can, to a high degree of accuracy, understand the future without understanding all the details. In other words, for example, it's pretty easy to predict how many people will pass away and how many people will be born in a year with a fairly high degree of accuracy. But if you ask those same statisticians who it is that's going to be born or who it is that's going to die, in other words, on a micro level, they, of course, cannot tell you. I hope this has been useful. For me, all this means and can be summed up with the idea that God knows everything that can be known, whether that's complete or just to the extent of what's possible to be known, and that he directs things, and therefore the future is bright. Have a wonderful Independence Day. Join me next week. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.